Amen. I will tell you, it is just, how many, I know this sounds really corny, but how many knows that God's pretty cool? And we're going to turn real quick to Esther chapter 4. We're going to talk about some things real quick, and it goes right along with what Brother Ethan has been talking to us tonight and encouraging us, and I want to encourage you and challenge you as well, if I may. But Esther chapter 4, amen, aren't you just proud of these young people? Amen. Thank God for them. Esther chapter 4, we're going to begin in verse 6. And it says, So Hatak went from Mordecai unto the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened unto him, and all of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. Also he gave him a copy of the writing and the decree that was given unto Shushan and to destroy them, to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go unto the king and to make supplication unto him and to make request before him for her people. And Hatak come to and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Again, Esther spake unto Hatak and gave him a commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and all the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king and to the inner court who is not called. There is one law of his to put him to death, except such whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come unto the king these thirty days. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And Esther bade them to return to Mordecai this answer. Go gather all together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for them, for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for the encouraging word that Brother Ethan has put forth in this house tonight. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would continue to move and operate as you do. In Jesus' name we pray and the church says, Amen. 
Again, we, we notice here in the middle of this, we come into the middle of this story where there is dialogue going between Mordecai and Esther. Mordecai is Esther's uncle, and they are relaying messages back and forth because there has just been a decree put forth uh, to kill all the Jews uh, in the kingdom of Persia, where the Jews are held captive uh, at that time. But Haman, uh, the Agagite, had put in the king's ear to destroy and annihilate uh, these Jewish people, and he consented to this. And he, he goes about in setting this decree that at a certain date and at a certain time, uh, that the Israelites will be destroyed and that the Israelites, everyone, every man, boy, and child will be finished, will be killed. This sounds like a terrible situation, and it is. But we come into this dialogue, and Mordecai is at the king's gate in sackcloth and ashes, in torn raiment. And what we find is Esther goes to Mordecai, sends her her, 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 her manservant to, to Mordecai to clothe him, and Mordecai will not accept the clothing. He says, I'm in mourning. I, you, you don't realize what's going on and the messenger comes back uh, to Esther and Esther says go back find out what's going on uh, and he tells her all that is going on and that that their their people are facing annihilation that their people uh, are facing further persecution that things uh, are getting worse that they're not getting better and I want you to to hear with me tonight uh, that we live in a nation where it seems that things are not getting better but they seem to be uh, getting worse and I'll be honest with you. It is not easy in this day or this hour to be a blood-bought believer of Jesus Christ. It is something that is not popular. It's popular to say, oh, I'm a Christian, but it is not popular to serve and to follow Jesus. It is not popular to be different. It is not popular not to partake of the same music, of the same lifestyles, of the same things. It's not popular. And I want you to know that that in the time that we're living in, uh, I have seen such an escalation uh, in what the enemy is trying to do. Hear me tonight. Uh, the enemy is always seeking uh, to destroy uh, the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, you say, why is that? Uh, the reason that is uh, is because the people under the sound of my voice tonight, uh, people across this nation uh, sitting in a church house on a Wednesday night uh, are the only weapon uh, that stands in the way of the plans that the enemy has for this nation. So what begins to happen in this story is that the heat gets turned up. The intensity gets thick. Everything begins to ramp up and everything seems impossible and people are asking, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive this? And you hear all this talk on the news. It don't take long. What are we going to do about inflation? What are we going to do about our politicians? What are we going to do about this group and that group? And how are we going to take care of our children. Uh, these are legitimate concerns. Uh, these are things that are going on. Uh, but I want you to hear me tonight. Uh, I want to tell you uh, that the church needs to stop talking about the politics of everything uh, and they need to start showing this world Pentecost. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, just, just a denominational thing. Uh, I'm talking about a demonstration uh, of the power of the Holy Ghost.
Ghost. It's not a political thing. It's a Pentecost thing. It's a Church of Christ thing. It's a Holy Ghost field thing. I want you to understand that what's going on in this world, what seems to be going crazy, everything seems to be going to the pot. I want you to hear this. What Mordecai said to Esther is he says, whereas you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this, I want you to know the answer is not in the halls of legislature. The answer is not at city hall. The answer is not at the local school board meeting. The answer is in the kingdom and you are in the kingdom for such a time as this. Hear me tonight. What begins to happen is you can almost feel in in the story, in the reading of the passage that we read tonight, uh, that Esther is apprehensive about all this. He says, listen, you're going to have to go before the king, Esther. You're going to have to intercede for us. And her message is, do you know it is illegal... It is illegal for me to approach the king in such a manner. The apprehension, you can just hear it in the text. You can hear it in her voice. But this is the message that Mordecai sends back. And I I, I want this to be heard tonight. This is the challenging part. He says, do not think because of the position you're in that you will not be affected by this decree. You say, what does that have to do with us? Just because uh, you have a prayer life and a reading life, uh, but you just come and fill a pew. Uh, you don't do anything Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, but you just fill a pew. Uh, don't think because of the position you think you're in uh, that you will not be affected uh, by what's going on uh, in this world. Uh, do not think uh, that it will not affect your soul. Uh, do not think it will not affect your spirit. Uh, but she said, well, I can't do what you're asking me to do. Uh, he says, listen, if you do not do what God is calling you to do God will raise up another to do it, but don't get me wrong that you and your father's house will be destroyed, you say oh that sounds like bad news, I want you to know, we was in pastor's basement Sunday night, and what we well, there, there was a water issue and, and what began to happen is we put a pump in there and then the pump, brother Justin, broke it wouldn't work anymore, and it was just making all this noise, but it wasn't doing anything. I walked over to Brother Bradley. I said, you know what? That's a Christian pump. It makes a lot of noise, but it's not doing anything. I want you to know, church, that we are here not just to exist, but to do something for the kingdom of God. Hear me tonight. The answer is not in Donald J. Trump. The answer is not in Joe Biden. The answer is not in Mitch McConnell. The answer is not in Nancy Pelosi, definitely not in Nancy Pelosi, but you hear me tonight. The answer is on the platform, it's on the altar, it's sitting in the pew, it's on the worship team, it's playing the drums, it's playing the piano, it's the kid at school praying over their lunch, it's you at work praying with the co worker. I want you to know the answer is in the kingdom. The answer is in the kingdom. So what begins to happen, he says, listen, don't think that you're not going to be affected by this. You can sit there and do nothing, but you will fall like everybody else falls. That's scary, Brother Ryan. He said, you can sit there and do nothing, 
But don't think that it's not going to affect you. I want you to know. The Lord, over the last few weeks, has begun to give me a burden for this city. And, 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 and working in partnership with funeral homes. And you see, you see drug, drug addiction. You see, you, you see alcoholism. You see all these things. I've seen it. Pastor Ronnie's seen it. Jimmy's seen it more so than anybody. What is going on in this city? I want you to know that just because uh, I, I'm a youth pastor at a local church uh, and I think, oh, that, that's good. I got a prayer life. I got a reading life. Uh, that affects me. What Mordecai is saying, don't let, don't let yourself be, fuel, be fooled. What's going on, the chaos that's going on around you will affect you if you refuse to do anything. But she says, okay, here's the deal. He tells her, it's perfect timing. You're in the kingdom for such a time as this. She says, you know what I'm going to do? She said, I want you to get all the Jews here in Shusan. And I want you to get them all together and we're going to fast and we're going to pray. Me and my maidens are going to do the same. And we're going to get a hold of God. And we're going to go before the king. I'm going to go before the king. I'm going to do what God's calling me to do. I'm going to step out out of my comfort zone and do what God's calling me to do. Hear me tonight. She prayed and she fasted. And so often we, we think prayer and fasting we know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want you to understand something about prayer and fasting. It does something in the spiritual realm. But what it does is so often misconstrued. What it does, and I read in scripture, is it prepares the believer to confront the issue. Hear me tonight. She says, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast. And then I'm going to confront the issue. And we go in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 17 where Jesus comes off the Mount of Transfiguration and the man comes to him and says, my, my son's possessed with the devil. He's throwing himself into the fire. He's throwing himself into the water. He's doing all these crazy things. He's trying to kill himself. I brought him to your disciples, but they could do nothing for him. And Jesus speaks to that man. He gives the boy freedom. And then he turns to the disciples when they ask him, why could we not cast this devil out? He says, because this kind come out by prayer and fasting. Why? Because prayer and fasting equips the believer to confront the issue. So often what we do is we, we pray and we fast and then okay, wipe my hands up. I've, I've done what God has asked me to do. No, it is to mobilize you to pick up that sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. To pick up your shield of faith and to go into battle and say this isn't happening in my family. This isn't happening in my city. This isn't happening to my children. This isn't going, devil you hear me tonight. I don't allow this in my church. I don't allow division here. But listen we got to get a hold of this tonight that the answer is in the kingdom we are being equipped through prayer, through supplication not to just exist but to do something. She says, okay, I'm almost done. She says, okay. I'm going, I'm going. I'm going before the king. 
Hear me tonight. What God was calling her to do was something that she had never done before. Say, why is that significant? Because in the times that we're living in, how many's ever heard the saying, desperate times call for desperate measures? Church, I want, I want you to be aware that we're in that time. I don't know if you, you know this, but we got kids in the high school think they're dogs. It's a desperate time. I don't know how, how more desperate it has to be that our children don't even know who they am, who they are. I don't know how much more desperate it's got to be. When employers can't even hire minimum wage employees due to failed drug tests, we got a problem. I think times are desperate. And God says through, through Mordecai, you're going to have to go before the king. You're going to have to get uncomfortable. Esther, you can no longer sit back on the sidelines and pray and hope that it just vanishes. He says, no, you're going to have to go into action. Church, hear me tonight. We have a, a great pastor of this house. I love the pastor of this house. And I want you to know that his heart is to advance the kingdom of God through this church into this community. And I, I, I know the man of God that I've had the pleasure of, of serving with for the last five years. And I want you to know that he has a heart for excellence. Uh, he has a heart to go to the next level. He has a heart to go to where God is leading him, uh, which he should. He's our pastor. Uh, where we, should be lead, we should be right behind him, going with him, supporting him. Uh, and I thank God that this church does. Uh, but I want you to understand uh, that the time that we're in uh, is going to have to cause us uh, to go to even a higher level level, uh, to get into deeper depths, uh, to go to higher heights with God. Uh, it's going to require us uh, to get a little uncomfortable. Uh, our worship may be different. Uh, our altar service may be different. Uh, how we operate in the community may be different. Uh, but I want you to know that we are in desperate times uh, and we need desperate people uh, that are hungry uh, and that are thirsty uh, for a move of God. Matt, if you would come to the piano. We say all the time, I've heard this in church my whole life, oh, God's up to something. God's doing something. I want us to wake up to the reality that He is and He's using you to bring it about. Church, it seemed impossible but God used a man to speak to the life of one of his family members and say you're here for this reason Esther the answer is not in a political move or a battle plan 
It's in the kingdom. It's in the king's house. You're the move. You're the weapon. But she says, she makes up in her mind, I'm going to do this. After three days of prayer and fasting, I'm going before the king. I want you to understand what she's saying there is, I'm going to confront this head on. Listen, church, we, we, many people I, I've heard in ministry and I've seen in ministry, many people have come to me, I can't get victory, I can't get victory, I can't get victory. And I said, are you confronting the issue? Are you just treating the side effects or are you confronting the issue? I tell this story all the time. My daddy always told it to me. He says, there's a man that back in the day would come to church and every week he'd come to the altar and he'd kneel and he'd pray. And he'd say, God, get the cobwebs out of my life. Get the sin. Get the, God, give me clarity. Get all the things that confuse me. And week in and week out, he'd pray the same prayer. God, get the cobwebs get the cobwebs out of my life finally the pastor had enough and he laid hands on him and he said God kill the spider because we don't want to confront the issue Esther said I'm I'm, I'm done playing with this church we can't keep playing church I talked about it last week with the formula. We, we, we can't just say, oh, we had, we had good singing. We had good preaching. We, we had good altars. I, I want you to know that's, that's good. Uh, but I want you to understand that that's not a move of God. God began to move on the Israelites' behalf when Esther began to move in obedience and surrender. I'm going to do this. And the Bible says in Esther chapter 5 that the first thing that she does is she puts on her royal garment. So why is that significant? Because she's saying, I'm going in there. I'm going to let him know who I am. So that sounds like arrogance. No, that sounds like confidence. Do you know who you belong to? Do you know who suffered and died for you? Who sent his Holy Spirit to empower you? Not so that you could live a defeated life on the sideline. So that you could step in to the action, to the heat of battle. Say, listen, we're not doing this. She puts on her royal garment. She goes into the king's court. Requests an audience with the king. Church, I want you to understand. The enemy tries to confuse and tries to battle. And listen, I feel the battle. I'll be as bold to say, I believe that many of you are struggling. You're not just struggling in your personal life. You're struggling in the house of God. You're struggling with your faith. You you don't feel anything. You don't don't sense anything like you used to. Your prayer life's not like like it was. And and your your reading life's not like it was. You, You don't feel like God's speaking to you in the same manner that he used to. But when Esther was content to say, you know what, I'll just stay out of this. 
she got over herself and thought of the others around her. She thought of the children she didn't have yet. She thought of her uncle. She thought of her father's house. She thought of all of her cousins and her city and her people. She's like, listen, I got to get over myself. Justin, that's hard. There's times that I have to just get over myself. But I want you to understand, all that held her back from breakthrough was a door. A door into the king's throne room, his inner court. All that held her back from a breakthrough was a door. Church, God's calling us to a higher place, a deeper place, but we've got to walk through the door. The Bible describes it this way in Revelation chapter three, and I love, I love this portion of scripture. I've ministered on it many times, but he says to the church of Laodicea, he says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And he says, if any man will overcome, and get to the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him. Listen, I want you to know he's knocking. And what he's telling you is there's more. There's more than church as usual. There's more than good singing, good preaching. But there's answers for this city. And it's in this house, it's in church houses across the city and surrounding areas. The answer's in the kingdom. Listen, I'll tell you this. I've went way too long. If you stand with me across this house. It drives me insane when the church is more politically outspoken than we are Christianly outspoken. I believe in voting. I believe in in being a part of the democratic process. I believe that we should want righteousness in the halls of legislation. I believe that. But you can't legislate righteousness. You can't legislate holiness. You can't legislate an outpouring of God's spirit. Only God can. some of the situations that I see going on in my family and in my community Ethan I'm like Esther sometimes and I'm like God you'll send someone else there's someone else that can preach better there's someone else that can sing better but what Mordecai was saying to Esther brother Jaden is he was saying listen God can send somebody else but he's calling you Oh, God can raise up another. But when he's calling you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's calling you. Turn to your other neighbor because that neighbor didn't get it and say, God's calling you. Because there's someone in your family, there's someone watching your life that needs to see the power of God. And you're the only Bible they may ever read. You're the only Jesus they may ever see. But it's time we become like Elisha 
when Elijah ascended into the heavens and he cast down his mantle to Elisha, the first thing that Elisha did is he picked it up and he used it. He picked it up and he used it. Many of you have have picked up and said, oh, I know I'm called, but are you using it? Because the answer's in the kingdom. Gracie, you're an answer. TJ, you're an answer. Justin, you're an answer. Haley, you're an answer. He's like, oh, I'm just insignificant. No, you're an answer. Well, I'll just sit and watch this one play out. No, you're the answer. In the midst of the turmoil in your family, you're the answer to stand up and say, no, we're going to do this God's way. So if you're here tonight, and I want to pray in the same fashion we prayed last week, you just need encouragement. You know that you're called. You may not know what you're called to do, but you feel a tugging and a call on your life and you know that there's more for you. And you just say, I, I feel lost. I feel, I feel discouraged. I feel heavy. I feel weighty. I feel like I have so much stress and so much pressure on me, so, so much anxiety on me. I want you to know that you don't have to leave that way. Just as much as you're the answer, I want you to know that he's still an answer for your problems. As Brother Ethan talked about, he's still a rescuer. He's still a redeemer. And he still has the anointing to break yokes off your life. So if you're here tonight and just say, I need encouragement. I I, I just need someone to pray with me. I want you to come and stand. We'll pray with you. Pastor and I will pray with you. Or if you just want to come to these altars tonight and just cry out for more of God. Because church, I want you to understand, God is taking us to a different place. And there may be adversity, but I want you to know where there's adversity, there's power to overcome any adversity. Because He will not put on us more than we can bear. But He goes before us. So if you're, if you're here and you just want to pray, or you're here and you need encouragement, I want you to come. I want to pray with you. These altars are open. I'm not going to beg you. But come to these altars. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, And thank you for joining us.